0: Going back to another brick on the ball.
1: Ugh. I like it. Going back. Another to- brick on your balls. <laughs> it's different. It's a, it's a different type of it's album. It's a very different podcast. It's a different type of struggle. This is the Epic New Podcast. Two Idiots and a List. Where you're going to get Two Idiots and a List. And now, coming to you live from Circle Avenue Studios, your hosts, Nick Fasolo and Keurig McMillan.
0: Hey hey, welcome again to another episode of Two Idiots and a List. Thanks for sticking with us. Sorry for the delayed release, but life seems to keep getting in the way. Oh well, what you gonna do? Be patient with us. You may see us again in a month, month and a half, two months. We'll try to keep it as consistent as we can, but no promises. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Nick Fasolo. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Like Kirk said,
1: you know, things uh, started st- things started opening up more. Um, you know, life just gets a little bit more busy, and, and uh, we try to do this in between our full-time jobs as uh, male models, and it's, uh, you know, sometimes it gets in the way. <laughs>
0: Do we have any uh, any new towns that you'd like to uh, welcome yeah, to the there's program? there's
1: 349 different towns that we've been heard in all over the world. And I do want to give a shout-out to Milford, Ohio. Stop by the Copper Blue Grub Shack and get a wedge salad there. They're known for their wedge salads. <laughs> they they, they p- feature it prominently on their website.
0: I love wedge salad. Looks like a guy we know. <laughs> We would also like to welcome some new listeners from Ukraine, Guatemala, and... Panama. Panama. That's right, Panama.
1: But Panama's a car. I thought we discussed that on the Van Halen
0: <laughs> Listen to Van Halen, and then make sure you let Nick know what you think of his opinion of any Van Halen. He <laughs> read it as a cruel beast. Oh. oof. oof. Also, we're seeing a really strong following from Brazil, and to you, we say, Olá e bem-vindu. I'm sure I slaughtered that, but hello and welcome to you all.
1: Is that the Portuguese version?
0: That is Portuguese for hello and welcome to you all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) just want to make sure we're culturally relevant.
0: (laughs) Finally, you can leave us a voicemail, if you so desire, through our service provider. Just Google Anchor Podcasts and search for us, and you'll find the option to leave us a message. To our listener, John, who listened to our Madonna episode, we very much appreciate the kind comments and that you're going to share our show with others. You even went so far as to call us professional, and that's damn kind of you. That's stretching. (laughs) (laughs) And also, John, for you, sir, we will try to keep the anti-Catholic rhetoric to a minimum. All right. Make sure your bong water is fresh, kids, because today we're talking about Pink Floyd.
1: Nick, what's your first memory of Pink Floyd? Oh my god. So when we first put Pink Floyd on the calendar, I was like, oh yeah, you know obviously it, they're a huge part of the like my musical landscape but then I started getting into it's like there's a lot here. Like, I did not realize they, they had begun like Roger Waters started this all the way back in 63. Yes, like they predate the Rolling Stones.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I think the full band with uh, Waters, Sid Barrett, Nick Mason, and Richard Wright, I believe that their official sort of start date was 65. Yeah. And then Gilmore joined in 67, and poor Sid Barrett had to leave the band in 68.
1: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Sid Barrett. That's... A really sad. Yeah. He's a lot, like, he caught the shrapnel for that whole generation, I feel. Yeah, I think. Everybody, like, doing the psychedelic drugs that they were on.
0: Sid Barrett really, like, he took the hit for everyone. I I think the healthcare system failed him. I think the world's. Uh, knowledge of mental disease failed him. It sounded like he suffered from multiple issues, some of which were influenced by the quantity and potency of the LSD he was taking, I'm sure. At least that's what some of the stuff that I read indicated. But I think in general, the, the, the you know... He got fucked Yeah
1: I think you're right Also about the, the Awareness of mental health I, And you know Certainly he was Dealing with some Other issues there But I mean Like they were Reporting like he's, He was dosing 24 hours a day For like 7 years <laughs> yeah. I mean I think you're Going to wormhole Your brain a little bit There But to remain Catatonic And just kind of Like in that state Has got to be Like just I mean Because he didn't
0: Die too long
1: ago Right No I, think... I want
0: to say It was within The last 10 years Yeah I th- Like lived with his Lived with his mother In Cambridge Yeah
1: I mean, that's that's such a bummer.
0: Yeah. Barrett was a huge influence on this band well after he left. A lot of the music that they made was dedicated to him, and he was still alive. Barrett actually came up with the name. He had albums from blues musicians Pink Anderson and Floyd Council, and that's where the name came from. I love it. Right? One of the great rock and roll band names.
1: The Sid Barrett thing—it's—it uh, it almost kind of plays into like this Roger Waters life as well. I mean, think of what this guy went through. His father died when he was five months old in the in the war, um, in World War Two. After being, you know, professing to be, you know, a conscientious objector, then he changed his mind on a lot of things. And then he actually went into the service and then it was subsequently killed, you know. And, and so Roger Waters grew up without a father. And then he, his best friend, well, abandons him mm-hmm. in, in one way or another. And just, you know, you can see just war and... You know, fame and popularity colored his entire, you know, vision of what this art that he was going to produce is. And it's, uh, you know, for for better or worse, and mostly of it was, you know,
0: some of the best music that we've, you know, had the pleasure to have. Yeah, absolutely. There were two businessmen who originally discovered Pink Floyd, which at the time was called the T Set. Great name for a British band, right? (laughs) These two businessmen believed that Barrett was the creative genius behind Pink Floyd. And when Barrett separated from the band, the two businessmen followed Barrett. Good for them. Which good, <laughs> a good, good, good really, really, really unfortunate business decision.
1: I mean, all, the, all, the, all those niceties aside, I have here on my timeline, from 1963 to 1972, I have two words. Not interested. <laughs> Just not interested. <laughs> There's there's better stuff on uh, like if you're looking for psychedelic rock there's better stuff going on there. Um, if you're looking for progressive rock there's better stuff going on there. They just didn't have it put together.
0: No, it sounded like uh, you should be surfing, possibly while <laughs> possibly while tripping, you know, yeah, on surf, their early stuff.
1: Surfing on that,
0: you know, surfing on acid. Yeah, exactly. It had that feel to it. It had that. It's early a niche dem- market. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure how niche though. It's tough to carry a boombox
1: when you're on a surfboard. <laughs> Uh, but after, of course, then, like in 1973, Dark Side of the Moon um, is produced and recorded, and and um, you know, here we go, yeah, and history is made. Here we go, sure. 724 consecutive weeks on the Billboard, insane. And and they have 950 total weeks total. Right. It, it recharted. It's like 20 fucking years on the charts. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like they will never be
0: touched. I I didn't even bother looking up who is like the second in line. I had a hard time tracking some of that data because some of it dealt with whether it was verified sales or not, and they weren't verifying all the sales back then. Now everything's verified, so you can find, like, three different versions, and one of them had them at, like, number four all time, and then another one had them at 25, so I discounted it.
1: So you've got Dark Side of the Moon, and it rockets them into superstardom. Right. The stuff that, arguably, they were not ready for. They they were a progressively rock band, and, like, they knew kind of where they're you know, their festivals were going to be sure. And then dark side of the moon hits and they just hit this vein and they just, they went to superstardom. Right. Incidentally, did you see who the engineer was on? I,
0: I did. Alan Parsons. <laughs> I love Alan of Parsons. the Alan Parsons project.
1: Like, all, like even like, uh, um, what is it on the run? The second track of dark side, uh, uh, of, the dark side of the moon. It's, it's Alan Parsons all over. Absolutely. Like, it's right. Like, like yeah. that is it's like, in that vein. You know, yeah. As a yeah. matter of fact, they, I think they played that for the Bulls in the 1990s. Their introductory was on the run, and then they go into... Um, it's Alan Parsons' song, Ars- Parsons Can You Read Project. My Mind, yeah.
0: the, the, the <laughs> instrumental yeah. intro. I'm like, oh. Parsons also worked as an engineer on Abbey Road yeah. and Let It Be by yeah. the Beatles. Yeah, some good chops there. Yeah, right. And then he went on to make, you know... <laughs> Can you you read my mind? We're not going to do
1: an Alan Parsons. (laughs) But don't answer me. Don't sleep on that song. That (laughs) song is great.
0: It's great. Great, great video, and I know you've never seen. It. I have so not. Will, will I not, have go not. Into it. I'm not even sure that's the name of the song, but I just remember that's the lyric <laughs> yeah, that's from right. the song. So, You're right. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't answer>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. All right. Well, it's not a Parsons podcast.
0: Well, and these guys, you know, in their very early years, they had a recurring gig uh, at a bar in London where they would play three ninety-minute sets. That's four and a half hours of music and they didn't want to repeat songs so uh they realized they could stretch the songs out by adding solos and and uh, you know secondary solos and then big long instrumental introductions and that's the birth of what you hear on many of these albums which are these songs that are that are in depth there's a lot of introduction on some of them some of them cut right into it but you know that's yeah. you could you can see it the that that footprint on their music
1: well Roger Waters like <laughs> there should be a rule in 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 music nobody but roger waters is allowed to do a concept album (laughs) right period so in 73 dark side of the moon is a concept album and then wish you were here is their concept album for sid barrett animals i'm not into it but it was also a concept album right Uh, you know different animals songs whatever and then the wall Mm-hmm. And then when he leaves, when Waters leaves, like he does, what I think is is one of the greatest is uh, um, concept albums is Radio Chaos. Radio Chaos, in, sure, eighty seven. Uh, uh, and but in between that, like you got Rush in the studio making twenty one twelve. Like somebody should have gone into Rush and say, "Hey guys, um, we're done with the concept albums. All right, like let's not even give it a shot." <laughs> Don't disparage twenty one twelve. Can we please? And you can just see those guys like, "I think we really got something here. It's all coming together." <laughs> Stop.
0: Their Canadian accents, it sounded oddly British. <laughs> so I'm mixing metaphors here. <laughs> you know, there was a, a couple of things that that caught my eye. In, in another fantastic example of a band getting screwed, they were playing Soldier Field here in Chicago. And for those of you not from Chicago, Soldier Field is where the Chicago Bears play. It holds, what, 60,000, 65,000 fans? Something like that. Uh, the promoter told them that the show was sold out, which would have been, actually here 67,000 tickets sold. Something occurred to them that made them think that, that something was off with that. So they hired a helicopter and a photographer, <laughs> and they took a shot from the air. This photographer took a shot from the air, and the attendance appeared to be much closer to 95,000. They hired an attorney, and they it turned out that by by discounting the amount from ninety five to sixty seven thousand, it shorted Pink Floyd by two point seven million dollars in today's dollars. Just for that one show. Just for that one show. So the promoter was selling more tickets and then telling them that you know well we've reached capacity so you can't expect any more than sixty seven thousand. There's a photo of it uh, of the crowd and they are absolutely packed into the stadium. So once uh, once we air this episode, I'll put something on Facebook so you can see it. It doesn't look like fun. They are absolutely <laughs> just, just like, butts to nuts and
1: it just and and you know the amount of tripping going on Ooh, in those crowds. Oh like, yeah. And what percentage of trips are bad? Right.
0: Oh and, and you're like a sardine in a can? Ah, get me out of here. <laughs> no, thank you, man. Oh, man. It's like hell's waiting room. <laughs> uh, I have, a, I have a, a sort of a random story for Floyd uh, that doesn't really have to do with the band itself. But for some reason, I felt the need to share this. So in a previous band I was in, we practiced at a storage space. Uh, there were a number of other bands who practiced there. there was a, It was a big storage space, climate-controlled, so you could play there year-round. And one day we were there, and we heard Pink Floyd coming really loudly and clearly. And my first thought was, like, wow, those guys have a killer sound system. They must just be sitting there listening to the Floyd and, you know, hanging out. It turns out it was a Floyd tribute band, and they were that good. Awesome. They were that good that you, you couldn't really tell the difference between them and the album. At some point after that, our band broke up, and the drummer and I teamed up to find another project. So I told myself I wouldn't be in another cover band unless it was a Pink Floyd tribute band, because I like playing their music, and I like their music and whatnot. So I reached out to the band, told them we had broken up, and said, if they happen to be looking for a bassist or a drummer, we were both available. And the guy gets back to me and says, you know what? I'm actually looking for both. Oh, All right, Cool. So we meet him for a beer to see if the personality's meshed and we're chatting for about five minutes when he says, "Hey, full disclosure, I have a felony rap <laughs> you
1: know no, be this music you know, It's the music business
0: yeah so you know what kind of felony rap are we talking Well about here? that's exactly the math I was doing in my head. I really wanted to play in this band so I, I'm you know in a microsecond, I start Trying to justify various, <laughs> justify various felonies, judge. right? You know, I'm thinking, you know, if it's insurance fraud. Uh, okay, not a, yeah, not a so big deal. wire
1: fraud. Too. You know, yeah.
0: maybe, yeah, maybe it's a trunk full of weed or a little cyber crime or mm-hmm. something. You know, I'm okay with that. You know what? I could even maybe justify like manslaughter. <laughs> if, <laughs> okay. if, this, if this guy got into a drunken bar fight and things went south, mm-hmm. so I asked him. I'm like, well. What's the fel- What's the felony? And he said, "Child pornography." Check, please. <laughs> check. Can I get the check here before I'm in a band? My face fell like I had uh, Bell's palsy. <laughs> Just sank, oh, sank right off my face, and into like, my lap, like a cartoon, like a little puff of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the guy was like, uh, "I." So I downloaded a terabyte of porn. <laughs> <laughs> and in some of the files, there was apparently pictures of children, which I didn't know about. He said he couldn't afford to fight it anymore, oh and so God. he was taking a plea deal in order to a uh, terabyte, a terabyte. <laughs> and this was this was long. This was a, at least a decade ago, right? The, this was probably six or seven years. Yeah, six years ago, something I mean, like what that. the guy have? Like... <laughs> high <laughs> X15 computers in his basement, running off fucking government liquid, servers, <laughs> liquid-cooled.
1: <laughs> He's got the Mission Impossible stuff that uh, Bing <laughs> Rames wanted.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, he said, "I'll be out in a few months, and then we'll get things started be again." Out,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? He was going
0: to jail he was, oh he was going to prison Good. he took a plea deal and Good. he was going to prison he's like i'll be out in a few months and we'll get things started oh up again God. and it occurred to me no wonder you need a drummer and a bass player you told your last band what happened and they all fucking left oh Jesus. i was crushed it was, was awful <laughs> it was awful i really wanted to be in that band oh i'm glad you have your your boundaries
1: that's <laughs> 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 just when
0: I think you went first last time, so maybe sure. maybe I shall start. There's a lot of shit. This was
1: this was. I looked at this and I, I man, I really had a hard time with all this. And I think we're going to have to have a discussion, a serious discussion.
0: Well, I think you're right. I think there's there's a lot to choose from relative to you know this band. They got a big catalog. It changed a lot over the years, uh, and I had. I had a I had a difficult time with it, and I think my choices are probably going to piss off the redditors. So heads up, guys, you, you may not like what I came up Warm with. Warm up and, them fingers. That's right. get your <laughs> Get your get your type and finger ready. All right. So to the honorable mention, um, you've already mentioned this album. Actually, the album is Animals. I'm a big fan of this album, and the the song that has made my honorable mention is "Pigs Three Different Ones." <laughs> This is a long song. It's eleven minutes, but I really dig the chorus. You know, he sings "Ha ha, Sherrod, you are," and it just—it just kind of—it it hits me well. Uh, there's a repeating riff on the guitar in this song that catches me, and and you know, during the solos, it's—it's it's a good song. That uh, Waters is writing is is using pigs to reference people in power who he doesn't uh, agree with. There's some debate over two of the three pigs as to who they are. But one of them is pretty strongly identified as a hard right-wing British activist named Mary Whitehouse, who regularly, regularly battled against anything that she felt posed a threat to her beliefs. Uh, and she was kind of out there. She she thought that television coverage of the Vietnam War fostered pacifism. That's a stretch. If if you if <laughs> if, pe- if people see violence, they're not going to want us to go to war anymore. So maybe we ought to just yeah, hide. Yeah, perish the thought. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, what the? F- she fought against Chuck Berry's "My Ding-A-Ling and Alice Cooper's "School's Out." And My Dingaling,
1: <laughs> <it's fantastic.
0: laughs> right? no it's about my dick yeah <laughs> in exactly, case you didn't know it's exactly what I'm singing about <laughs> uh, she actually succeeded in getting Alice Cooper's song removed from Britain's Top of the Pops TV show so she was she had some influence and uh, Waters clearly wasn't a fan
1: I'm I'm fine with Roger Waters. Uh, most of his political stances. Anytime he wants us to take a swipe
0: at the conservatives, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does it pretty regularly. I saw him in 2019 or 2018, I think it was. Uh, and boy, he dedicated a fair amount of that of that or, concert to, to taking pot shots. In was trouble. that the wall tour? No, this was the one after that where he was doing a lot of stuff off of animals and metal. And he did some stuff off at of dark side. I saw the wall tour, not in person, but I saw it on whatever it is, Axis or
1: whatever, right. a television show. I mean, man, that's a fucking production. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's really cool. I mean, that's them like that production. Muse puts on a show similar uh, U2 um, has also put on
0: shows similar to that, and it's like, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. That's, you, yeah. Your money's worth it. You do. And and it's not cheap. But, it's really cool. But it's worth it. It's really fucking yeah, worth, worth got, it
1: like B-52s flying over
0: the stadium. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's right, something cool. else. Yeah, in a twist for this band, uh, Gilmore plays bass on the song and Waters plays rhythm guitar. It's I, I like this song a lot. so. All right, I, I, animals, uh, the whole album <laughs> I
1: just summed it up with "Not into it." <laughs> <laughs> I just, and I think that like um, this, this this episode might kind of more clearly be more distinct than what, what you care for and what I care sure. for, because there are it is not Van Halen van Hagar. No Like it is Roger Waters Pink Floyd And then it is David Gilmour's Pink Floyd It absolutely is They are They are very different
0: Very different animals
1: Um, But uh, So I think that's It's going to be interesting To see how Uh this plays out Uh, So my honor We're done? Yep Uh, My honorable mention is I'm taking the whole of Radio Chaos Okay As as the concept album is Because Like all of his shit You really can't break it apart Um, It takes away a lot of the meanings If you just took one song Out of Of you know, dark side or, or out of this album. And if you haven't heard it, and I don't know if you've ever I have. heard the whole yeah, album, yeah. it is again, like the for the concept, like he's the best one at it. Like it is such a great, you know, what the Cold War does to humanity, what what the Cold War did to humanity. And, uh, you know, this is 87, so you're, you're right in the middle of kind of like Glasnost, and it's like, you know, we're starting to try to mend fences with the Russians. But, you know, he is, he is a man who has been scarred by geopolitics. Sure. All of his life from his, you know, from when he was five months old. He is taking a very raw look at, you know, the Cold War and the coldness of, you know, the weapons that we have built, and just like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. And at the end of that, 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 the last track is like when, I won't spoil it for anybody, but the last track is just kind of like, was it all worth it? Right. It's really good. I mean, it's really, I was stunned when, I was introduced to it when I was in, a senior in high school. When I was away from you know my mates and you know, I moved uh, to a brand new high school and I met this one kid and this one kid drove me to back and forth to school every day. He had Radio Chaos in his car. We listened to it every morning and I'm like, who is this? And he showed me a thing. I'm like, oh shit, I'm, I like this. Yeah. And I listened to the whole thing and, and you know, the whole lyrics and I'm like... It's heavy, it's deep, and, and it really affected like us, as far as, you know, we're, we're about 50 years old right now, we lived through the, the height of the real terror of the Cold War, which was nuclear obliteration, that fucking nightmare that they made us watch for school, uh, what was it called? I don't remember. Uh, the day after. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, right. You were mandated to watch it. I didn't watch it, but you were mandated to watch it. It just showed you basically this Armageddon, you know, facing uh, humanity.
0: I remember the fallout shelters that we had in school. Nuclear fallout shelters. Nuclear fallout shelters in, in school. Crazy. All right, my number five. I am going to the album Metal, and I'm going with the song Fearless. There's a really simple blues groove in this song that rolls through it repeatedly, and it's super catchy. its uh, I used to play with a, a guitarist who, when we were talking about a riff that got stuck in your head, he called it sticky, and I, I thought that was a pretty good description for this too. And it's just a, a simple scale-up riff, but but it's, it's great. There's not a whole lot to this song. Uh, it's been on my playlist for years, and... The song actually opens and closes with a group of Liverpool football fans singing You'll Never Walk Alone, which uh, it sounds like a, like a pretty typical European soccer game and, you know, that kind of a crowd. So at the very end of the, of the song, they start going into a chant.
1: That's my number five. Good deal. My number five is going to, I think, is gonna kind of exclamate what I was just talking about. It's like, so you started at the very beginning, I'm starting all the way at the very end. Okay. And so my number five is off the division bell, and it's Take It Back. I love David Gilmore's voice. I love his phrasing of his guitar. I love the way that they, um, he always uses this, this chorus of, of background vocals to punctuate his own chorus lines. I just, and this is a great example of it. I just, I really
0: like this song a lot. And it's Division Bell is 94? 94 ish. Yeah. Like yeah. I love that song. Yeah. I like that album a lot. That was, uh, so I saw that tour. Okay. And I've seen a fair number of concerts. I hate to say a lot, because I know people that have seen, well, we know a guy that's seen probably 150, right. 149 of which were the Grateful Dead. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you <know>, I've probably, <laughs> I've probably seen, I don't know, maybe 60, maybe 70. I oh, don't I'd know be more than that. Right. I think I've seen 60. Well, then may, I, It may have been. I don't know. Uh, but this is, hands down, my favorite concert I've ever no seen. shit. Yeah. Hands down, wow! It was fantastic. I'd was, like to see Gilmore play. Oh, it was live. It was at Soldier Field, and it and they didn't sell it to one hundred or <laughs> you know ninety thousand or whatever the hell. But it's it was sort of drizzling rain. It had rained torrentially earlier for hours that day. It's the only way to see a show like that. Yeah, right. right? With some rain, and so we get to Soldier Field, and Soldier Field's got gravel parking lots, and there's you know lake sized puddles, in, and and <laughs> this one guy was doing a whip it. For some reason, he decided to do it with his heels backed up against the edge of this puddle. Took a whole lungful of this thing, passed out. The balloon, you know, blew away, and he does the nesty plunge backwards into this filthy water. And I'm just assuming that the rest of the show was a bit uncomfortable for him, but something tells me that he probably wasn't feeling a whole. I don't lot of think that. It, I don't think it mattered to him. But they they were playing. Uh, I was thinking it was comfortably numb. They had a disco ball the size of my living room and they hit it with a bunch of lasers. And so as they were playing comfortably numb, these lasers hit it, and it had started to drizzle. So you have all yeah. these raindrops that's, hitting the rays awesome. lasers. Yeah. You could just kind of hear this collective, like, whoa. <laughs> that's
1: pretty
0: cool. No, I love Take It Back. I think that's got a great guitar solo in it. It has um, a really, really cool... The theme. intro is cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know what <laughs> instrument that is or what a, or what it is, but it's, it's a really neat... Uh, effects on whatever instrument it is—it's really cool.
0: All right, that brings us to my number four, and my number four is time. There's an oddly reggae kind of feel to this song. I, I don't have much other than to say that there's just, the, the way this song comes together really works for me. The, the lyrics are... just great lyrics. Oh, they're timeless. It's awesome. And you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing around to come up behind you again. Yeah,
1: it's so cool. It's
0: fantastic. <laughs> it really is. I mean, so this, I, uh,
1: this is the prog that I, I'm here for. Yeah, I'm not here for J.R.R. Tolkien prod, you know. <laughs> I'm here for like that type of stuff, right? Like, and Waters, like he, I think he just he tapped into the anxiety of the age yeah. and was able to communicate it perfectly, just perfectly. And, and, and all of his, you know, Dark Side, Wish You Were Here, The Wall, just all of them, right? He's so he's so brilliant with with his lyrics, like. And Gilmore's don't sleep on him either. He's good, mm-hmm.
0: but this this song time is just. It's, it's it's really fucking phenomenal. It's really amazing, really amazing. All right, what do you have for number four?
1: Okay, so my number four is uh, again going on the the Gilmore side of things um, on the turning away. a big ballad guy i guess <laughs> so i'm starting to listen to other uh, the, the, the other podcasts that we've done it's like i'm i'm huge on ballads because I, I i i appreciate um really really good lyrics which is why floyd is one of my favorite bands too because they just
0: know how to turn a phrase well you have sniped me on this one as well, well and you snipe me all the way to the top all the way to the top. Oh, well not
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm this just, that's all right. I do not mean to step on. This
0: is where I was saying that uh, um, I think the uh, I think the the redditors may may get a little feisty about something like on they the. They can Journey make their Boy own fucking podcast. Line. We're not here for them. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- no, I love this. I love this song. And this was almost more of a like a. I don't know. Like uh, it, it was obviously they're all sentimental things. You wouldn't pick something for any other reason. But I, uh, "Momentary Lapse of Reason" was one of the first Floyd albums that I had, and I think that album is fucking great. As you said, uh, if, as you said in a previous episode, that album fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that album is is. Uh... One of my favorites for sure. So that album starts off with like an instrumental track, and then it bounces into "Learning to Fly," "Dogs of War," and then "One Slip," and all three of those are fantastic. And even the instrumental track's not bad.
1: I love the I, I love the instrumental track. The right, water. Yeah, you know, right. And then the the, the, the discombobulating,
0: uh, fluty sounding. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: whatever he's doing. Whatever yeah, it
0: oh yeah. It's really cool. And then you get to the fifth track and it's this grandiose song that has Gilmore's fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been called a protest song. I'm not clear exactly what he's protesting. My interpretation was poverty, uh, but you could swap that for just about any negative human condition and the song still makes sense. You know, He says, don't accept that what's happening is just a case of others suffering or you'll find that you're joining in the turning away. Yeah. kind of a cool message that they put there and, and waters is now out of the game so waters did not uh write the lyrics on this and waters was the primary lyricist throughout most if not om- almost all of the of the previous albums prior so uh, this is uh and i forgot to look up whether it was gilmore that wrote it or um, that wrote the lyrics or if it was somebody else but
1: yeah, they started their legal troubles in '84. Yeah, and
0: that was it. And this was, was '87.
1: '87 was momentary lapse, and '87 is also
0: Radio Chaos. Yeah. So he was
1: off doing his right. other project, and and they were doing theirs.
0: Yeah, and they were battling over who got to use who the name got to Floyd. Use the name, right. This is a fantastic guitar solo. While he's soloing, the song goes into double time, which is kind of cool. Like he starts playing, mm-hmm. and they're doing their their the rhythm that the song started with and about halfway through the solo it kicks into twice the speed and he just keeps soloing and the song fades out while he's while he's soloing this is an awesome song to hear live I bet. oh it yeah. is I, he, they played it at soldier field sure. and it was just oh man it just it just made you give you goose flesh <laughs> 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 look mommy i have <laughs> goose flesh yeah, and this whole album is, you know, it was released in 87 and it sounds like it was released in 87. That's what's so great about oh, it. It is pure pure late 8 mid, you know, mid-late 80s. There's even a twirly alto sax in the song Terminal Frost. Yeah. And Not I rather bad. like it. <laughs> Not
1: bad. Not bad. Again, T to B. Great stuff. Or my, my new one, root to fruit. Ro-
0: <laughs> <laughs> like that better? Ah,
1: that's good. Uh, I, I like mean, it. Where
0: have would workshopping that.
1: <laughs> my team of writers, I have back here.
0: do we up our uh, up our budget for this? Well, oh, I, <laughs> I need the help. All right, my number three. I am going to the division bell. And I am going with what do you want from me? This song is has some special meaning to me because when I was in college I studied abroad in Cambridge England and while I was in Cambridge I got a job as a bartender at a pub a pub that you yourself have been to I loved it The County Arms The County Arms right
1: yes yeah. County right Arts. down the
0: street from the Pickroll. That's right. Where Isaac, Newton, right? Yep. where Isaac Newton used to drink. That's right. A fantastic city. Yeah. The landlord of the pub did not like the other music that I wanted to play. I wanted to play Allman Brothers and B.B. King and, and stuff like that. And he didn't think that that was good for his clientele. But he did approve the Division Bell by Floyd. So I would listen to it kind of over and over and over again because I really liked the album. And that song, What Do You Want From Me?, whenever it came on, it just kind of gave me this sort of groovy swoon behind the bar, and I'd be pumping out pints, you know, <laughs> singing along to What Do You Want From Me? That's a cool story. Well, those boys are from Cambridge, right? Uh, Gilmore and Barrett were, I believe. Yeah. And their sax player, the sax player who played on, you know, a couple of their albums. Uh, they, and then Waters moved. In and, and they that's where they met, or something like that. Something I read, like that, I re- I yeah. Read
1: that, that Cambridge was a place where they, they kind of haunted,
0: yeah. And actually, a division bell this is this was news to me. A division bell is a bell used in British Parliament to signify that a vote is taking place and members have eight minutes to get their votes in just eight, just eight. That's all they're giving you. There you go. And apparently many of the surround, you know, around Parliament in London, many of the surrounding restaurants, shops, and pubs have their own division bells, which are connected to the official one. So if you're sitting there getting blotto in the middle of the day and you forgot that you were supposed to be in a vote, you know, that's tradition. <laughs> that's the kind of British culture that it's we look The for. expectation is that you're going to get blotto in the middle that's of the day. Right. So you can hop up, you know, drop a few quid on the bar and run, run inside and cast your vote before you, uh, before you lose your turn. So the sausage gets made. That's right. All
1: right, what do you got for three? All right, so number three, um, I had to um, do a little gerrymandering around here. We're leading this. We're leading up to this conversation that we have to have, but but uh, so I'm I'm moving things around, and uh, my number three is learning to fly.
2: How can I escape this irresistible grasp? Can I keep my eyes from the circling sky? Time
1: Now I, th- I really, really love this song, and and uh, you know of course it's off a momentary lapse of reason. You just talked about it. Everything about this song is just like big sounds, big sounds. Yeah. And I just I think that Gilmore's voice on this track is like ghostly almost. It's really cool, and his the lyrics are just. The coolest part of, uh, is like the interlude, and I guess we'll get to the, the coolest four seconds, but the interlude in the middle of the song. Sure. Uh, where it's got the radio voice happening or, or the uh, squawk box happening, and then he goes into like this pre chorus thing. Fucking banger.
0: Um, just a great song. I,
1: I love, love that everything too.
0: about it. I love that tune. Like yeah. I said earlier, those first four songs, five songs on that album, yeah. are really dynamite. Really, really good. All right, well, that brings us to our fantasy concert lineup. Okay. You're going to go? Sure. Go for it. I would say if if you are a fan of Pink Floyd, this is just sort of a, a, a helpful recommendation. If you're a fan of Pink Floyd and you want more of that kind of sound, something similar to that from a modern band, check out the band Porcupine Tree. It's uh, They're very much along these same lines, maybe a little more mathematical, but pretty good. Anyhow, who would I see Pink Floyd with today? I'm gonna have to go with uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, wow, man! <laughs> and yeah, what I want the umlaut over the O.
3: <laughs>
0: you can either do a little burning for you, or, burning fear for you. Re- <laughs> or fear Long the fear the reaper. You, yeah. I was I was leaning towards burning for you. I fear the Reaper got overplayed at the SNL sketch, but yeah. my brother-in-law is used to sing "I'm Burning a Mule," which <laughs> <laughs> I rather like. And then, you know, for uh, for the second the second band of that, uh, let's go with Little Ian Anderson with his flute and give me a little Jethro Tull, okay? Concert, man. Uh, sitting oh. on a park bench
1: <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, that shitty song uh, what is it Walking through the th- That's whatever <laughs> you say i used, there is way too much jethro toll in
0: my life for about 9 months and i don't know who to blame for that it wasn't me I'm not sure I want to give them like a full hour and a half or even 45 minutes. You know, you can you play locomotive breath and then get off the stage. Right. And <laughs> <Or> locomotive breath. <laughs> we're, we're pretty good to That's go. That's
1: awesome, Jethro. Tull. So, I do want to make a comment here. We should start to talk because I think we might have repeated. Our, I think a, a new rule going forward should be like you can't pick a band of in this section of a band that you've already mentioned before.
0: Right, but and I'm also right? I'm also trying to pick bands that I haven't seen before. So <laughs> <No>. when <laughs> okay. we when we talked about The big think Jethro
1: Rotel Al- guy,
0: <laughs> well,
1: hey, when we
0: <laughs> when we talked about Alice in Chains, I said sound I said um, audio slave instead of Soundgarden. It's because I've already seen Soundgarden. All so. right, fair enough. There you go.
1: Show up. all right so i got very specific on this and i'm keeping it all in the family this time around i gotta see that pink floyd wall show yeah i have to yeah that's a great fucking show and then i also want to see him uh roger waters doing radio chaos because he toured on that for a just a small time because it just did not gain the traction or popularity he thought he was uh but i i would want to see that I wonder how much that got hurt by the fact that he couldn't call himself Pink Floyd. I think a lot. I think a lot. Because I, you know, I certainly knew who... Like I had momentary lapse of reason. But it, you know, chaos is out at the same time, and I didn't have that. Until right. Somebody popped it you know, in front of my focce.
0: It certainly didn't make the headlines or you know, get into our jet stream. Right. Um, and
1: then I want to see the uh, Delicate Sound of Thunder tour. Ooh. Uh, you know, remember that the, the live yeah. album set that yeah. they put out yeah. um, that whole set list has Comfortably Numb has all the good hits from you know Dark Side and, and Wish You Were Here and, right. and, it, and it has all the good stuff from Momentary of Reason. Reasons that live album that double live album Delicate Sound of Thunder is really probably one of the best along with A Show of Hands Oh. Rush
0: oh I love it when you admit <laughs> to, to loving my it band it is a great
1: album I give you that <laughs> it starts off with the Three Stooges but let's let's, let's move on
0: All right, that brings us to our number twos. For our number twos, I am going back to Dark Side of the Moon, and I'm going with us and them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this is your number two, and I just want to so because I've already taken your number one. Okay. So you don't have any selections left.
0: You are correct. Right.
1: So I wanna I wanna I wanna talk to you about this because this is kind of a, this, as soon as I was going through this list, I'm like, you know what? That Dark Side of the Moon is a just a different type of album altogether. I it completely is. agree. I really think that Dark Side of the Moon deserves to be in the Pantheon. So the
0: whole goddamn album. I'm going to reserve Okay. comment on that until we move through various parts of our of our episode okay
1: fair enough but that's just out there because that's what i feel yep. about dark side which is why i haven't
0: mentioned any dark side songs yet but okay go
1: ahead number two yours is us and them
0: us and them this was uh it's not one of the flashiest songs it's certainly not the most popular song off of this album but there's a combination here of this simple, very simple bass groove during the uh, during the verses, and then you've got right sort of tickling the piano as 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 Waters continues to roll that bass line through, and then they get to the choruses, and it's the wall of sound. Like we've talked oh, about yeah. the wall of sound, this is the wall of sound. You've got. All of these backing vocals, and, and they were great. And, and if I l- showed all my notes here that talked about all the different songs that I made comments on or, or that took notes on, all, so many times I say backing vocals, incredible backing vocals. Yeah. And it just, they really, really did fill that out nicely. And this song does that. When, when it gets to that point where they're all singing together and they've got the, the women singing behind them, yeah. it's just power. It's really powerful. Yeah, it's great. That and
1: it, that's also like the the, the great gig in this in the sky. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just that woman wailing, and that's just it's not really a song that you would play on the radio, but right. it's it's an integral part of that transition in the of that album because it comes in right between time and money, right? And it's an integral transition to you know what what now why why we are all chasing this currency right and it's just it's like that's i mean it's the all of dark side is like one giant song that was the concept yeah and, and that's the concept with all the waters you know a lot of his um concepts too but anyhow um yeah no i i totally agree that that just a wall of just a wave of sound coming at you those, those final vocals is
0: really awesome and the the story behind that great <clears> gig <throat> in the sky that you mentioned yeah Her name the singer's name was claire Mm tory she had kind of they brought her in to sing this and they were playing her the recording of i think it's i think it's just keyboards that or or maybe richard wright wrote the song i don't remember exactly what's going on while she's singing but um she said she got into the booth and she just let her shit go she just let it fly And she came out, and she was really embarrassed. And she said, I'm really sorry. Can I do that all again? And the band was looking at her stunned, like, you, you just killed this. Mailed it. They paid her, in today's U.S. dollars, the equivalent of $500, which was the rate for hiring a, student, a studio musician for that kind of work at the time. Wow. She eventually came back about 20, 25 years later and sued them for a writing credit on that song, which I think is a pretty fair okay. a pretty fair thing to do because yeah, yeah you've got you've got some other music happening there but her voice right. is that song yeah. and the fact that she did what she did without ever saying a word right. she doesn't she, say anything and no input from them no she did it all on her own so she she did go after them they settled out of court and now after that lawsuit happened any publication of that song has her name written okay. with it as a you know as given a writing credit so she she made some money off of it i believe and uh, and she should have
1: good well, i'm glad to hear that yeah are we to my second we
0: are to your number 2
1: okay yeah it just is what it is wish you were here
2: do you think you can tell did they get you to try
1: It's just a great fucking song. And everything about it is great, from the very single, you know, the the strike note that that comes off of his acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, It's just, everything about it is fucking awesome. And the lyrics, again, are just, you know, two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl. Right. Like, year after year, it's like... They're so—it's again—it's so relatable. It's kind of like what we talked with, about with the doors, like this philosophy or this philosophical talk, trying to figure out like what this life is for and what this life is about and how do you want to treat other people. It's like—it's very relatable, right? That, you know, we've all felt like a lost soul swimming around in a fishbowl, like right. year after year. Yeah. Um, it's just—it's um, just—and—and—but and, the themes are also global, and they are—you know—not nuclear, but they are like. Definitely have shades of war in them for sure. He he names it in the song. It's it's um it's just great. Uh, Walker's is really um the way he can, you know, put phrasing together for that stuff is really awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great great song. The intro is Gilmore on a twelve string guitar Mm -hmm. and it's been processed to sound like it's being played like like it's coming through an AM radio. Yes. Which is also a cool effect. Yeah. Really and then cool. Gilmore comes in on an acoustic guitar, and the whole concept is that it's a guitarist playing along with a song on the radio. So we were
1: um, visiting a, f- a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours at U of I, in College, and we had a very long night <laughs> at the nature's table drinking Augsburger dark beer. <laughs> I've been <listening> to <I'm
0: laughs> in <the> nature's table. <laughs> nature's table.
1: Uh, I think we were 19 at the time. And we uh, it was in the middle of this hor- Just the most vicious winter storm That Urbana had seen in, in years Just like tornadoes of snow Like rolling across <laughs> the fucking meadows, right? Um, and so we, we get back Somehow we get back to his dorm uh, And then we're, you know We, we, we pass out on the, on the dorm room floor As one was As one would do You know, you know on top of the laundry And he... Um, I believe he was down there for a music degree, and so he, of course his, you know, his uh, his roommate was also musical. I was woken up at six o'clock in the morning by this dude playing "Wish You Were Here" in my ear. Like the <laughs> the guitar is four inches away from my ear, and he's just and then he's singing to me, and I'm waking up, and I'm like, "What is happening here? to Who are my you? Wife? Like, why am I listening to this at six thirty in the morning?"
0: Ah, college. Yeah. No, great song. Gilmore and Waters called it one of Floyd's finest. Take that, Reddit. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that brings us to your number one.
1: All right, so my number one is Comfortably Numb. It is Comfortably Numb because it is the greatest guitar solo recorded. right both of them both both at solos but there you have it it's and and again the story that is told the way it's told it just it just kind of plods along it just meanders along but yet you're like you are enraptured into this it's like a it's like a, a novel that you're listening to yeah it, it, you know the history of this person and their their pains and their triumphs it's like and then he kills it with that fucking solo it's like
0: come on Give everybody else a chance. Gilmore's amazing talent was to make the guitar sing. Oh, yeah. You know, he wasn't a shredder. No. And what he did wasn't easy. If you listen, and, and I don't play guitar, I play bass, and they are two different animals. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to what he's doing on that, it's they're not easy, but he puts this simplicity to it that just makes the guitar absolutely sing
1: the phrasing of his solo is that's what it is that's yeah. what you're talking about it's it's not complex it's I, i'm not I don't mean to say it's not complex. It's not complex to play, but his phrasing of it, the timing of those notes, and when they come in, sure, it just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, I can play a good half of portion of that solo, but when when it gets, I'm just not that good. But, sure. But I, there are other guitarists that can do what he does, but it's, it's he came up with it. Like it's his yeah. phrasing. Yeah. And any other guitarist would have done it a different way, and it wouldn't have sounded as good, and it no. just wouldn't have worked for that song. Yeah. This thing is perfect. It is a perfect solo, and all deference to Stairway to Heaven, um,
0: this one is it. Yeah. Like, it's it's awesome. Right. No, it's it's amazing. Now imagine seeing it live at Soldier yeah. Field yeah, with raindrops yeah. falling through lasers yeah. Yeah. while there's literally highways of weed dribbling around, yeah. which, of course, I didn't touch. That no, was, God. Was, wouldn't no. be right. <laughs> All right, then, that brings us to our most hated. Now, okay, all right. you had talked about putting Dark Side of the Moon in the Pantheon. The Pantheon.
1: All right, let's have it.
0: And as I was listening to this, and I got to this, this one point, and I had the same reaction every time I've gotten to it, and the bitch of it is, this is Floyd, and mm-hmm. it's a concept album. Dark Side of the Moon is, the first side of the album is one song. There right. is no break. Right. The second side of the album is one song there is no break Mm -hmm. by the way the song on the the first song on the a side starts with a heartbeat and the last song on the b side ends with a heartbeat for whatever that's worth anyhow (laughs) (laughs) we all took the acid at the same time right (laughs) i think so i think so you get out of us and them and you go into any color you like go from this velvety soaring lyrical chorus of us and them into this weird swing beat with kind of acid trip keyboards and weirdly stuttered guitar and drum interactions. And then they roll into brain damage, yeah. which is incredible. It's like an island of shit in a magic ocean. But <laughs> but that's, it's brain damage. Like it's the predecessor to brain damage. That was the wreck. I, and I I even I have here if they intentionally wrote it to create this sort of discomfort they were successful okay good but because it's a concept album you can't skip it you gotta let it just play yeah, and I it's... always couldn't wait for that song to end okay. so it would go into brain damage right. and because of that I can't call it the perfect album and that's the hardest thing because every other song on that album is fucking awesome are you comfortable have you sat with this enough I have <laughs> I can see the seriousness. <laughs> I have. So you're, you're... I might have even rehearsed this. Rehearsed this speech in the shower. It's entirely possible. <laughs> so you sat with
1: it. I can appreciate that, and I know how much you would want to. It's not a. It's. It's not. You would want this in the pantheon, but you can't. You I can't, can't put it there. How about this? Oh, let's compromise. All right. I think comfortably numb then should
0: be in the pantheon
1: because that we have
0: in the pantheon the end. And comfortably not. I'm comfortable with that all right we've got two songs in the Pantheon the end by the doors okay. and comfortably not I, I
1: thought that the putting an entire album in the Pantheon was definitely unique but this is a unique album uh, but it wasn't be a stretch yeah but uh, you've given me a good enough reason and if it, that's if you're comfortable with that and you want to if you sat with it and you've if
0: you're there wasn't okay a, with if it. there wasn't a song in there that I really wished would be over as soon as it started then I would then that's fair right then that's fair okay what's yours what is your most hated I don't like hey you hey you,
2: out there on your own sitting naked by the phone would you touch me hey you with your ear against the wall waiting for someone to call out would you touch me
1: I just don't like it I I, I don't know why it gets airplay. I like it. I just, I
0: don't, never got to me. That's funny. I never really had an opinion on this song. I don't say that I loved it or liked it even. I didn't hate it. It was just sort of, you know. I mean, I had to search for one I didn't like. Yeah. You know, because there's all this stuff that we've mentioned.
1: Like, I didn't even listen to Animals. So I can't tell you I hate a song off the Animals. Right, 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 right. right. And all the other stuff that I'm not interested in from 63 to 72 also. (laughs) I'm not interested in it. And even, like, the there's other stuff on, like, I don't know, like maybe the wall. There's a couple of, like, another brick in the wall. There's four or five different versions of that song, or four or five different, you know, um, runs of that song. I, I don't mind it. It's fine. I like it. I like that song. It's, but I mean, Hey You just kind of sticks out as like, I don't, Hey You. <laughs> it's enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you had a, you gotta need one yep. that I hate, nope. that's the one. That's good. All right. Coolest Four Seconds. Boy, I and had. a ton of them. I had. I had a really extensive list here that I that I finally paired all that de- you know. Paired you want What do
1: you got? You got four? You got- I got four. Oh, you got four? Yep. Oh, go ahead.
0: I got four. If you got four, that's cool. I I mean, four. This this is a band that had a lot of them. We we may snipe each other a bit yeah. here too. There's a section off the song "Not Now, John," which is uh, off of the album "Final Cut," which was like their last one. It was their the last, last one together. with with Waters. Yeah. And (laughs) there's a portion of the song where the backing vocals are fuck all that. It's just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's just fucking great. <laughs> yeah, 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 I just love the fact that they walked that. Out. And this was uh, this was 1983, so they 1983. This wasn't 2020 where you can kind of drop something like that not right, right. too big of a deal. They they just they and ran it. It's like it. singing. It's like fuck all that. It's right, uh, it's uh, right. yeah. It's it's women vocalists <laughs> yeah. and they're they're doing this kind of like swing you know swing sort of beat. Mm-hmm. It's just it's great. I That's love that. Fun. The run up into the verse
1: of time. With the, the drum drop and then right right as it goes into the, the first lyrics like the ticking away right like that right there the, yeah. the run up there just and when you're just waiting for it and also when the when the drum hit and then the hits the snare and then he starts singing it's yeah.
0: awesome yeah it's fucking cool launch me yeah yeah another, he, he yells the lyrics yeah like,
1: ticking away it's so cool yeah
0: yeah in another brick in the wall part one uh, there's a drum rollout into heavy guitars that you're coming from the song Thin Ice, and there's this underlying guitar riff. Uh, it just, it's really, really good. I really dig that.
1: That's cool. I like the opening guitar, and I don't know if it's a guitar or it's a bass on Have a Cigar. It's such a cool sounding, like almost slapping that bass and yeah. sliding it up at the same time. It's just like such a cool fucking song. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. an awesome
1: song. I love that song. That's a great tune. But the, the intro, like the, the beginning of that is like really cool. Yeah. Cool. Going
0: back to another brick on the ball. Ugh.
1: I like it. Going back. Another brick on your balls. different. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> It's a different type of album. It's a very
0: different podcast. A
1: different type of struggle.
0: <laughs> Going back to another Brick in the Wall, part one, they're running along with these pretty steady kind of guitar accents, and then there's a heavy guitar hit after which Waters yells, Daddy, what did you leave behind for me? Daddy,
2: what else did you leave?
0: Oh. and and the the power of his vocals on that and the just the do 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 of the guitar very cool stuff yeah i
1: have already talked about this but in learning f- to fly the interlude and the cor- interlude to the chorus Turn the light and kiss the door. And the one line that I always like hung on to there for that chorus is like when uh, I think I, I, I want to say it's like it's like punching a hole through the roof of the sky. I of of the wow! I just thought that was such a cool like you know
0: envisioning of that. that's yeah. really that's really awesome. Right. Uh, for my last one, um, in the song money, the, the majority of that song is written in seven, eight time. And we've talked a little bit about time signatures in other episodes. And I was thinking about like a way to explain a time signature that's a little less technical. So if, if you listen to the song money, there's a repeating bass riff and it runs throughout just about all of the verses. And if you count every time waters plays a note, by the time he ends that riff, before he goes back to start it over again, you'll count to seven. And so that's the definition really of of that kind of a time signature. You're not you're not in an even number, you're in an odd number. You know, if it was four, four time, it would sound uh, it would sound a little more Bal- like, yeah, balanced. If it was three, three time, then it would sound like a waltz. So that that song is in seven eighths time, and then they get into the guitar solo and they drop it into 4-4 time. And it's this sort of like, oh, yeah. This.
1: That's the rock and roll four on the floor.
0: Yeah. Right. You just feel this shift and you're like, yeah, that's where it's at. And of course they do it with a you know a, a heavy guitar sound. And, and, and a raspy
1: whatnot. sax solo. Yeah, there is a
0: raspy sax. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. And I
1: like all of Eclipse. The last two minutes of Dark Side. And all that is Just that is kind of like the punctuation, like of all that stuff. Like right. all you create, all you destroy. It's just yeah, just a, a way, a, a great way to to end such a great message to a great album.
0: Yeah, it's just great. also I'll also very grandiose. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And then I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this is great. All right, sisters of mercy. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of went away from
1: Pink Floyd for a while there. And even like Momentary Lapse of Reason, I forgot how fucking awesome that that album is. That Dogs of War is great.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I had the drums in Dogs of War halfway through where they go into the drum drop. I had that as part of a best four second too. Maybe we'll drop that in here.
1: I, I, yeah, they deserve a lot more space in my
0: um, in my playlist. I agree. Sure. I agree. I had, uh, I, I too had kind of, I've got sort of, and, and that's why I've got stuff like off of metal and uh, animals on my top five, because the songs that we knew so much, that everybody knows so much, the... Yeah, you know, Wish the, You Were Here. Wish You Were Here and Comfortably and Numb, comfortably numb yeah. and, and Shine On You, Crazy Diamond, which, yeah. again, fantastic live. Sure. They are unbelievable songs. Everything off of Dark Side. Just about everything... Well, just about everything off of Dark Side. Uh All the shit off of The Wall. Um, yeah. Incredible songs. But that's why those songs didn't make it into my, my top list because I had just killed them. Yeah. I just absolutely killed them. What I did discover... Was a renewed appreciation for momentary lapse. Yeah. And I, I'm going to have to spin that from uh, from T to B. Fruit to root was added? From root to fruit. Root to fruit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do our rankings here. Oh, uh, who's your MVP? Oh, my MVP. Shit, I didn't even think about it. We that. can do
0: it quick because we are running long. Yeah. You got an MVP? I've got an MVP. Go for and, it. and I have a feeling that we are probably going to counter each other on this. You look at everything that, uh, as I listened to their catalog from start to finish, there was a point at which I started liking them more, and there were songs on albums that I liked more than others. For the most part, those songs were either written or co-written by Gilmore. And David Gilmore is hands down my absolute favorite guitarist ever. Yeah, And so I have to put, I have to give this to Gilmore. And I know that that Waters was a huge, huge contributor to this. Uh, and I absolutely give him his due, but for me, it's Gilmore.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, you know this might be the first time that we land on the same kind of um, MVP because I, I agree, David Gilmore is the MVP of this band because he he runs through from '67 all the way through. But I do have to give it to Roger Waters. Concept albums usually do not attract large audiences, right? Largely because their like, concept Martin, albums they're not good. <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker, that's all he does is write concept albums, and it's extraordinarily difficult, and he's pulled it off in... Spades. Yeah. Yeah. The Dark Side, Wish You Were Here, Animals, The Wall, um, and Radio Chaos. I mean, that's... That's five. That's yeah. crazy. Right. That's crazy right. to, to base a career on that. Uh, so, instead of being all that, uh, saying all that, David Gilmore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's just—you can tell—he's just the musical kind of like propulsion through that, and his voice is spot on. I just love his voice. I like Waters, but, but Gilmore's tonality is is um, really really cool looking. And, right? Yeah, he's in—he's in the top three
0: greatest guitarists. All right, that brings us to our rankings for talent. I gotta give these guys a five. I've got to give them a five. I think between the the musicianship, the the vocal characteristics, the everything else, the the songwriting—it
1: was really easy for them to just be totally self-indulgent and just shit the bed. Mm -hmm. And they just didn't, yeah, because their talent was just wouldn't let them. Yeah, so I'm fine with a five.
0: Okay. The catalog, I'm gonna go with a four point two. Uh, I think their very early stuff was very dated. One thing I was happy to see was I didn't feel like they really started to overstretch. You know, like Division Bell was a quality album. You know, sometimes you see these bands put out albums and you're like, geez, you really didn't need to drop that last couple. Right?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I had their catalog at a four
0: too. Okay. Um, a four as well, or a four two? Uh, no, a four as well. Gotcha. I had a four. Okay. Image. The coolness factor, <laughs> the image and coolness factor, yeah, man. Uh, you know what, who the fuck doesn't like Pink Floyd? I never thought of these guys as nerds. Now, none of them are you know, terribly they're pro- handsome, and that's the thing. It's a prog rock band, it's a prog rock band, it's
1: like it's completely counter, you know, antithetical to everything that I like, yeah. Um, it's, it's, I gave him a 3 8. David Gilmore's a rock star, yeah. I look at him, I'm like, I would be anything, do anything to be him, yeah. Oh, Does yeah, you have to play like that, yeah. And have, you know... And have those pipes. Yeah. Yeah. So I get their coolness factor out of four.
0: Okay. We're pretty close. All right. We have prattled on long enough. Thank you for sticking with us. Yeah, man. This was fun. This was good. Uh, If you are on iTunes, hey, everybody tells you to, like, rank your podcasts, and apparently that does something good for us, so... I don't know what that is, but if you could... Bang if, on that four-star button. Yeah, give us as many stars as you can. Give us 15 stars. <laughs> 15, <laughs> 15 stars and, and a review, because we'll we'll check them out anyhow, because we'd like to read them. But uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and leave us a voicemail if you want. Go to Google Anchor Podcast, and you'll find us on there somewhere. Thanks for listening, Signing and we'll come off. back at you here soon. All right.